What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business. The Vault opens now. What is up? Welcome to the podcast here on The Vault by Access Hollywood. We are going to press play on some throwback clips that you do not want to miss. I am Zuri Hall. I'm Scott Evans. And welcome. It is a new year. A lot of us are on new journeys. We're kicking things off. We're excited about what the future may hold. So today we are going to dig into The Vault um, to explore the journey of one of our faves, Demi Lovato. She has been in the game for so long at this point, which is crazy to think about because she's so young, mm -hmm. but growing up in front of her eyes as a child star means um, that she has had quite the journey. And today we are going to open it up and dig into some of these interviews with her where she gets really open and really vulnerable um, and shares a lot about who she is and, and how she's become the woman she is today. Superstar. Obviously, you know, Demi is a singer, songwriter, she's an actress, but she started out as the cutest little child star. Did you watch Barney, Scott? Were you a Barney and Friends? Uh, do I have to answer that? Yes, I watched Barney. Uh, Demi got her big break with the big purple dinosaur on Barney and Friends. She played Angela, uh, but it was really uh, when she joined the Jonas Brothers on Camp Rock mm -hmm. that her star started shining super bright. She played Michi Torres. Obviously, we'll never forget that. That was such an iconic phase of those pop stars' younger years, you know? We were yeah. starting to see all of those famous faces develop. The, it was like, it was like Disney, um boot camp right mm -hmm. like it was like these young musicians these young actors these young performers were uh put in these little uh compartments to flourish right. together and then i think the jonas brothers took demi lovato on tour with them like she opened up their oh, tour yeah. for some time yeah, well, she still refers to them as her brothers. She's super protective of them. I know she's talked about how protective she is of Nick Jonas in particular in interviews. Yeah. Um, so you can only imagine how tightly those bonds are formed because how many people can relate to, exactly. you know, being thrust into the national or global spotlight at seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old and then having to live with that 
ever since. Um, she obviously, she rose to fame alongside not just the Jonas Brothers, but Miley Cyrus, a very good friend of hers, mm-hmm. uh, Selena Gomez. She played Sunny Monroe on Sunny with a Chance, which was another Disney series. And then Demi and Selena actually starred opposite each other in the Disney Channel original movie, Princess Protection Program. So clearly she started out as this Disney darling um, and then kind of was just one of those tween empire kids from the 2010s mm-hmm. i guess if you had to name the decade um and she's just been turning out the hits ever since the real fans of princess protection program mm-hmm. call it p3 oh is that what is that what y'all call it that was no no that's what i've heard squad up p3 squad up. <laughs> okay well, what yeah. do you guys call yourselves whoa what do you what do you I don't like is there like implying. a name like, like, a, like the swifties call themselves swifties what do you what are the p3ers scott I can't say it on this podcast. <laughs> oh, is there like a secret code word I'm not allowed to know? Because I'm exactly. not, in the, You're oh, not I, in the group. Okay. I'll, I'm going to try to join this, the Facebook, the secret Facebook group after yeah, this. We'll see your application. Oh, one can only hope. Uh, back to Demi. Access Hollywood. We chatted with her back in 2010 after uh, she read the American Music Award nominations with Tayo Cruz. This was around the time that Camp Rock 2, the final jam, had just premiered on the Disney Channel. And Demi was gearing up for an international tour at 18 years old international tour at 18 think about the i mean that in itself has so much pressure yeah um and i think also so much new right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you you've got to have a really good team around you that allow you to still be an 18 year old right yeah uh, but at the same time she was like the breadwinner for her family yeah there's a lot it's a and that's a lot of pressure like on any growing fame, budding fame. Right. Like it was like a, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine that pressure. I mean, just think about being a, a kid in high school and college prep, trying to get into a school, is stressful and challenging. And all we got to do is write essays and and sign on the dotted line to be, you know, headlining tours, traveling the world. And it's not like this is something that she's newly coming into. She's had mm-hmm. to adjust to this fast life for years at this and, point. And also living your dream, mm-hmm. right? Like in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, like also achieving a kind of success that would allow you to do anything you wanted to yeah. in the world. You yeah. Know what I mean, let alone just see it. But like, there's also this really cool thing about uh, achieving mm-hmm. that, that, des- that innermost desire. And so I can imagine that having that international tour mm-hmm. was a really big deal. It would oh. be a big deal for anybody. A hundred percent at any age, at any age, it's just all the more impressive because of the fact that she was only 18. Um, what nobody knew though, back then we, we understand now in hindsight was that Demi was abusing drugs. She was unwell and the world, you know, at this point uh, we'd known her as this really squeaky clean Disney star, but inside Demi was really struggling. And what I have always really respected about her is her honesty around those struggles you know she has not been afraid of or shied away from sort of lifting the veil on that conversation and that part of her private world and it seems to always be in hopes of empowering someone else who might be going through that so so I can only imagine um, the the inspiration the motivation the relatability that gives to, to fans who may be going through a similar struggle access caught up with Jimmy about that tour that international tour and talked about whether she could ever see herself leaving the Disney family. Now at the time, Miley was making that transition herself from Disney 
Disney star to mainstream artist. This was before the tongue. She hadn't quite let the tongue loose on us, oh, but, okay. but she was, you know, stretching and getting limber and yeah. ordering her foam fingers on Amazon. She, that was low. a few years away. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she was getting, getting flexible. Uh, the parents television council had blasted Miley when she started to make that transition uh, for her, who owns my heart music video. And Scott, can you imagine if they were mad at who owns my heart, which was so like, let this girl live. I oh, they was mad about Wrecking Ball. Yeah, I want to know what, the, <laughs> right. I want to know what they wrote about the VMA performance. Listen, they with, probably just uh, gave Robin up Thick, at that point. They AKA just, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Google, oh my gosh. do yourself a favor. And while you're listening to this, Google Robin Thicke Beetlejuice. Oh you're my welcome. gosh. Honestly, when you tell us to do ourselves a favor and Google something, it normally hits. The Russian Leonardo DiCaprio, I still see that every night before I go to sleep. You'll never in my mind. Every time I don't have to Google it again. <laughs> blazed in my mind. Well, okay, let's get back to Demi. In this clip, Demi has her gals back. Listen to this. How's the tour going? It's going really great. We've um, been having a lot of fun doing all the camp rock songs. It's different for me because I'm playing my character on stage. Yeah. Um, but it's nice I get to do my own thing and I get to play, you know, Mitchie again on stage for a little bit. It's yeah. Awesome. Now, we know a lot of times people who come from the Disney Channel, they like to kind of break away. And, and as they grow up, they like to change their image. Are you trying to do that for yourself? I feel like as you get older, you change your image anyways. Like, my hair is somewhat blonde now. Like, I just like change, you know? That's part of the most... That's a part of the exciting thing about the industry is like you can change your image, you can change your music, you can do whatever you want. For me, it's not necessarily you know breaking away from anything. If anything, I want to like I want to stay with Disney Channel as long as possible because they've been amazing to me and the fans are incredible. So um, I just want to have music that now people you know older people can like too. You know, Miley Cyrus has tried to break away from that. She's my best friend, so I know. you better watch out. I'm just saying she's gotten into a lot of trouble recently with the fans and then the parents. Team I think that she looks stunning and I will defend her 100% for the rest of my life. So you don't think that, that you know, she's kind of, um, what's the word that they're using? Like I said, Alien she's my best fans. friend and I'll defend her for the rest of my life. I know, as you should, as you should. Yep. All right, thank you so much. Thank nice you. To see you. Yep. You better, <laughs> yep. So you better is, ride for your friend, Demi. Is, That's the energy is, I need, Scott. When people got my name in these streets, I need Evans to just be out in full force. I got you. Don't talk about my friend. <laughs> you hear Take me? Take her name out your mouth. Take her name out your mouth. <laughs> out your mouth. Out, out your, your mouth. mouth. And out of my face. Woo! And out of my face. Listen. What I, this, is, this is one of those moments you, you, um, where really one word suffices. Bloop. <laughs> Bloop. <laughs> like, she let him Love know. It. Like, you don't even come at me with no parent like, don't counsel. Don't do it. crazy. Don't no, even. No. What do I think about her alienating the family? No. Listen, if you win it, you win it. If you're not, you're not. That's, that's the, exactly that's the great it. thing about the industry. You can exactly. buy whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I love most about that answer, especially uh, the the moment where she, you know, defends Miley and kind of comes and has her back is she's 18, right? So there's a certain level of confidence Mm -hmm. of this is what you're not going to do that you can only grow or evolve into. So she is speaking with conviction that I think goes beyond her years, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's not new to this at this point. And so for her to have that sort of self-assuredness and be able to shut down um, an implication or shut down a critic that might be trying to say something, not just about her, but the people who are important to her, I think that says a lot about how she carries herself. 
there it's clear i wrote this word down even listening to the clip it's the the awareness that she has at 18 you know she talks about the the question posed to her was it you know do you feel like you're breaking away from the disney image and she's like actually what she's really saying is that actually i'm not trying to i don't need to break away from anything what i'm doing is growing up Mm-hmm. I'm growing into the next version of myself. I'm growing into the next phase of my life. And so you're yep. witnessing someone make choices. It's, it's a really interesting thing. I've had this conversation about the entertainment industry and we have this idea that people have to stay a the thing. Same. They what have to we stay the thing that, be. yeah, how we were introduced to them, how we mm-hmm. first met them or how we love them, that they have to, somehow they owe us that. And mm-hmm. so at 18 to have that kind of, presence of mind to know that she was staking her own claim to her own life and her own choices. Right. And I know while knowing that was also still probably a battle for her and her team. Yeah. Was it's a it's a cool thing to hear. Yeah. I appreciated it because, you know, honestly, I don't I don't know that I I never quite looked at it in that way. I was never, I always understood, like if you wanted to call it breaking away from the brand, the, the Disney or Nickelodeon or child star image, I understood the desire to rebel or break away, but I really appreciate the perspective that she gives um, of just acknowledging it as a natural thing that everyone goes through. Our transitions may not be documented. They may not be picked apart by millions of people, but we all have those those identifying moments or chapters in our life where, oh yeah, things changed for me at 20, or I was never the same at 33, or something at 40 happened and I had to hit a hard left and just wasn't who I was before that. Right. And it's not necessarily you breaking away or shunning or running at full speed in the opposite direction of who you used to be, but you evolve and you grow. And if you want to continue to live, the idea is that you continue to evolve and grow. It's natural. Yeah. And, you know, this, this performance, remember this, not performance, this appearance for the AMAs, it's interesting because I, I was listening like with another lens and trying to trying to decipher if this was one of those moments where you could feel like maybe was there the beginning of a spinning out of control was this the beginning of like a um a situation that we should have maybe seen some signs of something else Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people uh commented about this kind of being the beginning of the signs that they noticed, you know, right. this AMA's uh, situation, the beginning of the signs they noticed that something wasn't quite as maybe it seemed yeah. with her. She withdrew from the tour, you know, mm-hmm. that international tour we were just talking yeah. about, she withdrew yeah. from it um, and entered an emotional uh, center for emotional and physical issues. Not quite the same as rehab, right? Um, you know, but at, at 18, 19, like this is the stuff that she was dealing with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very sad to see that she was dealing with it. Um, the public applauded her for getting the help that she needed, you know, and doing what she needed to do uh, to take care of herself. But there were there were a lot of questions. It had come out that she had, you know, punched a dancer. Um, and it is just really sad to think about everything that could have been going on behind the scenes. Um, and yet that squeaky clean, quote unquote, you know, veneer on top, that pressure to still come across a certain way, that pressure to perform, to your point earlier about the family, friends, business associates who depend on you. You are the 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 sun of that universe. And when that sun stops shining, everything that orbits around it 
those livelihoods are threatened too. And so to have that sort of pressure at 18, um, I can't imagine, but it, it definitely seems now in hindsight that it was beginning to cave in on her a little bit and she knew enough to know that she needed help, which is And a good then thing. she went to go get it. Yep. And then she went to go get it. You know, I know it's it can it can seem sometimes that like celebrities have all the resources, right? But at the at the same time, it's like once you once you recognize, okay, there's some stuff happening. I need to make some different choices. Mm -hmm. There are so many resources out there for so many people um, to feel empowered enough to go get them is a yeah. whole different thing. It's funny because in our second throwback clip, it's from the end of about 2013. Demi and her mom, Diana, sat down for an interview with Kit Hoover. Now, this is a pretty tough interview. I believe it was almost two hours or so of just mm -hmm. thoughtful conversation, thoughtful mm -hmm. reflection. She's about 21 years old and um, promoting her book, Staying Strong, 365 Days a Year. I mean, mm -hmm. the title alone was like a can we open this up? Is right. there something to glean yeah. from this? But she talked about the affirmations and the insights and the things that she used to stay mentally strong and healthy. Now, at this point, think about it. She'd been to rehab at about 19 years old. She'd entered a treatment center um, to talk about uh, or to work through uh, eating disorders and self-harm. Uh, she also went to rehab to address her sobriety and substance abuse. And this was like night be all before 19. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then at 19 is when she would begin the journey toward sobriety, right? Mm -hmm. Not long after that, in 2011, she revealed that she had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Like, this is like, how don't we just pile on? Mm -hmm. It's a lot for any one person. I for cannot. Any one person. Yep. So during this 2013 interview with Demi, she was sober and she began to uh, use her fame as a way to talk about mental health, right? She'd become like a mental health advocate. She'd also become an anti-bullying uh, spokesperson. She was involved in so many charities. I remember uh, getting on uh, social media and seeing all the stuff that she was posting and sharing yeah. and um, uh, uh, even videos she was doing to promote organizations who could help people with their mental health and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. she was trying to, I think, use her struggle in the moment to help people maybe with their own. Right. Okay, so here's a very real moment from the vault where Demi and her mother open up about a family secret. Kit started out by asking if transparency has made her more accessible to her fans and the importance of being a role model, but more happened. Take a listen. With my fans, it's made me a lot closer because I've been able to open up more, which means they've been able to see that it's okay to ask for help and you can get better. And that's why I take being a role model so seriously because if I relapse or if I go back to my old ways, it's telling every single person that I inspired, it's okay to go back to those old ways. And like, it's difficult sometimes and I sometimes I wanna give up but I can't, I literally can't. And not only has it made me closer with my fans, but like my mom and now, my mom and I share something in common, which I don't know if- Oh, it's okay. Um, she's also in recovery. And, um, yes. and so after I went to treatment- um, I had issues that I needed to work out as well because I wasn't setting an example for her. In what way? I had- a terrible eating disorder for many, many years and I had to, and I didn't realize it, I had to face up to the fact that I was suffering as well 
and a lot of what she went through with an eating disorder had to do with what she had seen growing up. And um, I also had severe depression. And I ended up asking for help. Actually, they did an intervention with me and said, Mom, you need to get help. So How old were you then, Jimmy? 18. It was, right, it was a couple months after I got out of rehab. Um, and I, I realized that I think being around that environment, and I'm not putting any blame on anybody because when you're sick, like you're sick and you can't help it. Um, I think growing up around that was something that um, kind of, kind of. It contributed. It contributed. And with her, with me getting out of treatment and trying to be in recovery and seeing her still active in her issues, I couldn't be around her. And so you saw all the signs. Did a light bulb go off where you realized where you had seen or learned it from and, and wanted to help mm -hmm. your mom? Yeah, and my and I don't know if my grandma is okay with this, but my grandma had an eating disorder as well. So it's like generation after generation. They say that, especially with exactly. and daughters. It's a, it's a very big. Because I you believe in. I definitely believe it's generational. That's really heavy. I I am kind of in awe of. I mean, it's the word though. You see why she goes back to this, but the strength that she has at such a young age and it's strength you should not have to have at that age, right? You know, people say, you're so strong, you're so this, you're so that. Um, and so sometimes it's tempting to wear it as a badge of honor when you shouldn't have to go through some of the things that you just become strong after having gone through, you know, no one would sign up for that. And so, you know, I'm sure you have loved ones or, or friends or acquaintances or someone that, you know, who's dealt with some sort of very deep internal struggle, um, whether or not there are um, a bunch of eyes on them. I certainly right. have, you know, people who I've watched struggle privately with, with certain things, addiction being one of them. And it's, the weight of the world seems to be on their shoulder, and yet it's just a, a battle that they're fighting privately. Uh, the additional burden, the additional stress of having opened up about your, your struggle with addiction and the fact that at this very young age, Demi understands her fans are watching and yeah. relating and finding hope. When she said at the beginning of that clip from the vault, you know, that she can't go back to... Uh, slipping out of her sobriety because it'll let her fans know that it's that it's okay to go back it's as kind and generous as that is to say and to put mm -hmm. that pressure on yourself that is such an impossible burden to put on yourself but i think that's the really cool part of being able to step into this responsibility not only for your own sobriety i think part of her um uh, public acknowledgement and sharing was also a step in accountability, right? I think it was also a step in her saying, um, I might need some more eyes on me. It wasn't until her most recent relapse that almost killed her that I realized that's, that it's, that is that situation that taught me how relapse is a part of sobriety and that right. it is almost to be expected in anyone's journey 
in sobriety because yeah. you know we always and I think I may might I might have even said it earlier in this podcast episode you know it's the journey to sobriety and it's it's not a it's the not a destination of. it's a mm -hmm. journey of mm -hmm. right like it's all a journey it's all a process yeah and so um in a lot of ways this young woman is helping break the the rigid narratives that so many of us have of what quote unquote they must be going through mm -hmm. um, and makes it a situation that is way more relatable you know what I mean and and, yeah. and empowering and I can't believe this is one thing I'll say about interviews with Kit Hoover is that she creates a kind of space where you feel comfortable mm -hmm. to share even some things you maybe weren't prepared for I can't imagine that they came to that interview necessarily ready to talk about uh Diana's issues right like right. she was there to support her daughter right. um and so the willingness to even or share her grandmother i mean by the end demi was also you know revealing that information as well yeah and it is a testament you're right to, to yeah. kids ability to create a truly safe space you know people use the phrase in a very tongue-in-cheek way sometimes myself included um but there is such thing as creating a space yeah. that feels safe and for a celebrity um in an age of a lot of gotcha interviews and gotcha media and mm -hmm. clickbait um it is understandable that a lot of celebrities have their guards up you yeah. know these they days should. They yes should. how and do you how do you do it when you're going into that like tough situation you know I, i've seen you mm -hmm. in even in quick interviews have to get to <laughs> get you to know a, a, the thick of a, it, a, thick of it. Yeah. like and, and you know it ain't none of your business right right that's the part well honestly i just lean into the this ain't my business but of it all so i think <laughs> if you can acknowledge that um, in a in a in a joking but respectful way, depending on the environment, it sometimes helps. Um, but honestly, when I have to to deal with the the tougher conversations or the deep dives or the long form interviews, which are really my favorite because it allows you the time, the space, the energy. Um, to really build with someone, to have a conversation, mm -hmm. to have one level lead to the next, lead to the next, and then you slowly get to these really important conversations. But for me, the key is just compassion. I try to live my life that way. And I never assume that I know anything about anyone that they haven't told me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really listening when, when I'm asking these questions. And it's not from a place of trying to get anyone because that isn't my intention with anything I do. Right. It's coming from a place of wanting to understand and wanting to help others understand mm -hmm. if that's a thing that you, as the keeper of this information and this life, want. Do you want me to help you help other people understand? And I just be spilling all my tea and I'm an open book. So I just blow up my spot and they'd be like, well, girl, let me tell you about the one time when I backed it up on that, 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 that. That'll help too, guys. <laughs> Scott, you know you know how to get to the heart of an interview in a heartbeat. So, what's your secret? Drop the knowledge. No, I mean it's exact. It's it's really what you said. I think you come to the situation, you come to the experience, willing to be a reflection of whatever energy they really have. You can sometimes tell when a person has a guard up and they really mm -hmm. want to share, mm -hmm. right? Um, a person like Demi Lovato, she is, I've interviewed her a couple of times and there are instances where she has been pretty guarded with me mm. and then we're able to get to something. And then there are other instances where she doesn't really want to talk about anything right. but the projects that she's working on. Right. Um, and so you respect that. I think if you come to a situation, for me, mm -hmm. if you come to a situation 
um, genuinely curious about them and and in a place that you are willing to be responsible with the with your energy yeah um and with what they say then i think you know um you're you're in the best case scenario but yeah. i can tell you there have been instances where i have done all that i can mm-hmm. and then later it spins out of control so mm-hmm. you know the, you the really the only thing you can control is your own energy right. and that's the mm-hmm. thing i spend the most time trying to be mindful of especially in harder interviews and then also like you said sometimes just saying i realize this is a difficult situation or topic and it's really none of my business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think that there might be some 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 help in your sharing this there might be some and and you know what it is i think the reason that like when i when i say that it's acknowledging Mm -hmm. um that in any other place or time I wouldn't ask this in any Mm -hmm. other scenario I wouldn't ask this but obviously it is my job and people do want to know but something about acknowledging that I don't have a right to this information but if you're willing to share it it will be appreciated and protected and Mm -hmm. not you know used for bad you know Um, who I learned that from Oprah Winfrey Oprah we love Oprah you like no she would tell you in a heartbeat you know no I I don't want to know right the people want to know and the people the people do want to know and and that's the thing but i think acknowledging that also um acknowledges their power in this Mm -hmm. situation and public figures get sick of get exhausted by this um entitlement this entitlement this idea that their their bodies their lovers their children their their personal lives are should be easily accessible or in that our you fair owe them game. That. You exactly, owe them that. exactly. Um, let's get back to Demi. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that she was so open and that that really um, painfully transparent but beautiful exchange between um, her her mother and Kit. And um, she continued to be open and honest about her mental health as the years went on. Uh, let's go to the vault for this throwback clip from 2015. Um, at this point, Demi was staying sober. She had an exclusive one-on-one interview with Access to talk about the Be Vocal Speak Up for Mental Health campaign that she was actually helping to launch um, to talk about the stigma around mental health, okay? So 2015, she had just released her fifth studio album, Confident. You know, she had the hits, Cool for the Summer, Was My Jam. That was a cute little bop. Um, she was in a very healthy relationship with Wilmer Valderrama. And that year, she announced the Future Now tour with Nick Jonas, who she refers to as her best friend and brother. Even to this day, I believe they're really close. So Access covered everything. Uh, in this interview, she talked about self-harm, body image, bullying online. Um, and it's always so interesting to see how celebrities view themselves. So Demi has obviously lived a full life. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this clip from The Vault. What was it like for you before you were able to speak out publicly? You know, what is that feeling? What is it like living day to day, keeping this type of secret? Well, it's... I didn't even really know that I had bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I felt off. And I knew that I was depressed when I didn't want to be. When I had everything in my life that mm-hmm. was um, going really great. Fame. Fame. The money. The life. All that. Everything. Whatever. You uh-huh. know. Um, but I, I wasn't happy. And I'd look out of my tour bus window and I'd think, why am I crying? Why am I feeling so depressed? Mm-hmm. I'm watching my fans enter the venue and it's so exciting. But yeah. Um, so 
when I finally was diagnosed, and it actually is very interesting because it, on average, it takes about 10 years for someone to get the right diagnosis really? for bipolar disorder. So you go through, oh, you're just depressed. You go through... Right. And you, and you see different doctors. And you also, yeah. that's, you have to be honest. You have mm-hmm. to be talking about what you're going through. But for me, I guess once I learned what happened, it wasn't ever kept a secret. I mm-hmm. became immediately... Um, open and honest about it. What was kept a secret was the coping mechanisms that I had um, and the self-medicating, and that was very painful. That was... What was the self-medicating? What were you doing? Well, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I've talked mm-hmm. openly about um, drugs and alcohol, and yeah. that was my way of kind of numbing the pain and um, feeling, trying to feel anything but my disease. Yes. And I've actually learned how to overcome those feelings without drugs and alcohol now, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I now live well, and I'm very happy, yeah. even though I have bipolar disorder. A lot of people are afraid to admit that they have an issue because they're afraid their work might suffer. Mm-hmm. Do you think you lost any opportunities because you were outspoken about it? To be honest, no. I don't think I lost any opportunities. And if I did, then they weren't opportunities anyways. Mm-hmm. If they... I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a reason. And um, if I didn't book something as a child, a commercial that I really wanted, mm-hmm. if I didn't book it, then I didn't book it. It wasn't supposed to happen. Right. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I fortunately didn't lose any opportunities. But if I had, um, then it wasn't meant to be. And mm-hmm. what I can say for people is the most important thing you can do when you are struggling is to speak up about it regardless right. of what others will think about you. Right. Do you ever worry about slipping back? Every every day I have to remind myself that I have an addiction mm-hmm. and that I have suffered in the past from an eating disorder yes. and that I have to take the steps that are required for my bipolar disorder in order to live a healthy life. It is not something that I forget about. It's something that every day, every meal, I always think about. But the longer that I stay sober, the longer that I take care of myself, every time I'm reminded, I feel better about myself. So it's no longer like a reminder saying like, hey, remember, you can't have this or you can't do this. It's now becoming more of, hey, good job. You've made it so far without this. And guess what? Now you're going to get through another day without it. How old are you, Demi? I'm 22. 22, girlfriend, you have been through a lot in your life, and you are still standing. Mm -hmm. You have been through so much in 22 years. Depression, bipolar disorder, cocaine addiction, cutting yourself. In one word, how do you describe yourself? Um... I don't have one word Uh to describe myself. I guess... I guess strong. Um, but I also see determined. I see driven. I see, um, I, I see so many things that come to mind when I try to describe myself and I'm proud to say that I can't describe myself in one word. Uh Good. Well, strong is a good one. Strong Strong is a good place to start. Very, very good one. Very good one. At 22, you're still very young. Is there one lesson that young people like yourself can learn from your journey? The one lesson, the one piece of advice that I can give Mm -hmm. is for people to speak up for what they need because your doctor's not going to be able to tell you what's wrong with you if you don't tell him what's going on. Right. You know, it's 
my treatment team relies on what I tell them, and that's yeah. honesty. I have to be open. I have to be honest with them. Otherwise, nobody's going to know how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. and then I'll be suffering. So my biggest, my biggest piece of advice is to just to be vocal, to, to yeah. speak out, tell people what you need. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It is, it is always, a. I have asked this question, like the, in one word, how would you sum up the one word? It's mm -hmm. usually because I've gotten the, the wrap up, the right. interview situation. Just one word, just one word. Just give me a one, give, give me them one word. How, what was your experience like shooting Titanic in one word? <laughs> and you know, that ain't going to give you one word. That was the yeah. plan. Well, but real. it's, it's, it is, it is um, reassuring you know, that at 22, she was able to still see herself as strong. She was able yeah. to, to still describe herself as determined and driven and that she was honest about, I don't know if I can actually describe myself in one word. This is a perfect mm -hmm. clue into her personality, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And how she shows up, um, not just in interviews, but I think in, in her life and that she's not trying to be perfect. No. Trying no. to be... Um, what your version of success is. She's mm -hmm. figuring it out on her own um, uh, and standing in her space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Filling up that space. Right, right. And she's she's been through so much and you really, you want to see her win and she's such a fighter and we've seen her be strong for so many years now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I think it, it hurts to, to see her hurt in that way because she's been so open about her journey. Um, in 2018, after she'd been sober for six years, Demi revealed the news um, that she had relapsed um, via music, via her song, her 2018 song, Sober. And it was shortly after she broke her sobriety that Demi was hospitalized uh, due to an apparent overdose. And uh, two years after that, she opened up to Ellen about how that 2018 relapse had stemmed from, you know, some of her issues, issues that she she touched on lightly in some of the clips that we heard in the vault, but her mm -hmm. bulimia, the abandonment issues from her father leaving, and then also from her own team at the time saying that she was selfish. And that really sucks to hear because you know we, we talked about this this young girl at 18 on this international tour to be the breadwinner to be the sun around which your universe spins as we talked about earlier and then it's one thing to put that on yourself to say oh man I gotta do this and this and this for everyone and it might be self-inflicted burden mm -hmm. but for her to admit no they told me I was selfish if I if I didn't do what the team thought needed to be done for the greater good of everyone. But what 18 year old selfish. isn't? What 19 year old isn't? What yeah. 22 year old isn't? Like what if there grown isn't ass a man or woman isn't sometimes, you know what right. I mean? Like I some feel like people- if there's, if there's ever a point in your life mm -hmm. where you're, where you are, where it is reasonable for you to be thinking about yourself is mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. between the ages of 17 and 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the time in your life where you're figuring out who you are, right. what you like, what you're, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you contribute, mm -hmm. you know, to society, to this life, to this existence. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, you, you almost wonder, you almost wonder where her story will head next, like what mm. she'll do next. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? How she'll use this, all of this as yeah. more fuel, which right. is using it well, for, for a few four. 
I th- we we gonna get some music for sure. Well, she signed. She has new management. She's repped by Scooter Braun, who is obviously iconic when it mm-hmm. comes to to music management. Um, also represents Justin Bieber. Um, is Carly Rae Jepsen still with Scooter? I know I'm, he was I'm repping sure Carly, Carly for a minute. Is. I know Ariana, Ariana was at one point. Yeah, Ariana yeah. Grande, just like big pop star maker, pop star mm-hmm. maker, keeper of the pop stars. So yeah. that's a good look right there. Um, so she's repped by Scooter. Um, she performed the Star Spangled Banner at the 2020 Super Bowl. Um, you know, she's been through some rocky stuff too. She obviously had the relationship drama where she called off that engagement to actor Max Eric from The Young and the Restless. Those two had, you know, that quarantine love a lot of us I, had. <laughs> It'll it, it, it light up and burn out. It'll get lit up and burned all the way out, okay? So it, it, it happened in quarantine, and it ended before quarantine was technically over. I uh, feel like we're going to get a song. Oh, we got a song. She dropped the song. She dropped the first song. I think there's going to be more Yeah. Um, immediately after the breakup, and that was kind of her only statement at the, the time. The only because statement. Remember? Everybody was he started to say talking. Something. Max was on the beach crying with paparazzi and doing, he dropped a single. He was, Max was out in the streets after the breakup, just, you know, selfies with the tears. It was a lot. It, I'm not going to lie. It was a lot. Um, and Demi, Demi stayed relatively quiet, but all of the reports were saying, you know, she had a, her, her circle around her. Mm-hmm. They were keeping it tight, keeping her protected. And, you know, that she was maybe a little bit embarrassed by how it all kind of, imploded for lack of a better word um but then she gave us the song you know and again she has always spoken through her music so i fully expect her to to give some more details maybe she'll drink it maybe we'll get a, a taylor swift moment and then she'll go there who's i'm not gonna be mad about maybe it. not scott i'm not <laughs> be mad about it i'm gonna we'll download see. it We'll see. Uh, her song, actually, the song about her split with Max is called Still Have Me. And she dropped that. I'm talking within, it felt like within days of the breakup going public. Maybe a couple of weeks. We don't She's know. She's a talented that. songwriter, so. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. I'm excited to hear whatever comes next. Because, you know, despite the ups and the downs, what we love about her is the fact that she's always been honest about all of them. She overcomes, man. And she's been doing it for a long time. And again, we we talked about the fact that some of these challenges or struggles are the challenges of your life. You know, there's no end point to that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just about when you fall down, you get back up again. That's all of us. So she is certainly an inspiration in that regard. She is a shining example. Think about it, of what it means to put one foot in front of the other foot in the pursuit of just a happier life, a, a more full life. Um, a healthier life. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, we are sending Demi all the love in the world, as always. I mean, I'm really just looking forward to whatever is next for her. It'll be amazing, I'm sure. Yeah. Make sure you guys join us again when we make another trip to the Access Hollywood Vault. Uh, you never know what the next throwback will be. Subscribe for more. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be there in the vault. Okay, I'm Zuri Hall. My name is Zuri Hall. I'm Scott Evans. And we're gonna close the vault. Now. Close it. Close it. Okay. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rudder, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share.